Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Man, from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and make decisions and live our lives. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all of that information overload and choose what actually governs our lives? Well, we've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm excellent. That's I'm doing... Excellent. I am excellent. Right We're... after Easter. Oh, I see what see you where did I there. went there? Some Woo! bunny loves you, Joe. Oh, man, this hurts. <laughs> oh, that was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to know that that corniness just comes naturally from both of us. Actually, I got that from the Power Kids thing. Oh, they, they that's did it right. The they kids. did do that. It yeah. was cute, Joe. I don't pay attention to it my It was child. loving and helped them understand Jesus, <laughs> but you mock it if you want to. Uh, I'm glad that somebody was helping people understand that. That's really good. Well, Jeff, it is good to come back after Easter. Uh, it was a wonderful weekend here at Grace. I hope it was for many others. Um, we have some questions that came in, and one of them is kind of in relation to our understanding of how all of Easter played out. And so uh, this is a submitted question that comes in uh, from one of our listeners, and specifically they were thinking about Judas. Mm. And so um, their, their question was kind of long, but great context. So Easter time, Jesus is here. They love reflecting on that. But they were thinking about the life and the fate of Judas. And so there are so many questions that run through our listeners' mind. And what is uncomfortable for them to voice was this question of kind of circling around thoughts over free will, so our ability to choose what uh, is happening next in our life, mm-hmm. and then God's sovereignty. He's control of in control of everything and kind of, in some ways, makes things happen. So it appeared that Judas was uh, dealt a pretty difficult card to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if, if you don't know this story, read about that. Maybe you read it over the weekend. Um, but what, what happened with Judas there? Did he have a choice to betray Jesus or not? And in some ways, Jeff, whether or not he did, what does that mean for us? Yeah, that is a very interesting and difficult, and I'm just going to say up front, unanswerable question. Excellent. So, <laughs> so next week, no. <laughs> um, so what I, I just, for all of you who are critical thinkers, and I think most of the people who listen to us are, uh, you're going to, I'm not going to dance around it, but you're going to hear me talk about it and then not be able to draw a black and white conclusion yep. with it. So uh, in this issue of free will and sovereignty, do we have uh, another way to talk about this? Is do you have a free will, or are you preordained or mm-hmm. predestined to to function a certain way? And so, is it free will? Is it uh, a predestination? The answer is from the scripture with great clarity. The answer is yes <laughs> to both. Yep. Right. So all through scripture, with in and under God's sovereignty, you will see these two uh, ideas play out uh, dis- distinctly and directly. Yeah. And there's no, in my view, there's no escaping the fact that both of these things uh, 
the free will of man and the predestination of man or the preordination of man. It is clear in Scripture, it plays out in Scripture, and it is defensible through the Scripture. So actually what I would do is I I call myself a, an honest theologian. <laughs> and so uh, as a theologian and as someone who wants to be an honest theologian, when the Scripture doesn't answer something, I don't. Mm. So I, what I'll do is say, this is what the Scripture says, this is what it doesn't say, and because it doesn't bring us to a distinct conclusion, I, by faith, have to live in that tension. And my desire to be out of that tension is not a presumption upon the Lord that He better get me out of it or I'm not going to believe in Him. It's a part of me following God by faith, mm. which is what is necessary to please the Lord. So faith is choosing to believe in what I cannot and will never fully understand. So I, faith is not my ignorance or my laziness or my complacency. Faith is me realizing that God's ways are higher than my ways, His thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and I'm not always going to understand them. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and God, for God, free will and predestination are not juxtapositions. They're not the right. opposites of each other. Sure. They're a part of a whole, and I don't have a clear understanding of how all that bridges together, but I have a very strong faith that God does. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so specifically to the question that's being asked with Judas, what, what you're going to see in a couple places in Scripture is that God uses people to accomplish his purpose, both in ways that we would celebrate and ways that are hard for us to understand. So was just like Esther Mm -hmm. was raised up for such a time as this. If you're familiar with the Bible, uh, Esther is used by God and placed in a set of circumstances uh, near the, the position of power of the king to influence the king to bring freedom to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And that phrase, you know, she was raised up for just a time as this is attributed to her. So just as she was raised up to bring about freedom, to bring to bring a release from slavery, to correct an injustice, God will also raise people up to accomplish his will in a different way. And the mm-hmm. two examples that I think are the clearest in scripture are Judas and then actually Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you go back to the Old Testament when the people of Israel are in uh, captivity in Egypt. God calls Moses, who we would say was raised up for such a time as this. He goes and he confronts Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Pharaoh ignores him. God brings a plague Pharaoh, Moses goes back, Pharaoh ignores him, God brings a plague. There's a series of these interactions. And then what the Bible will say is that God hardened his heart. Hmm. So it wasn't just Pharaoh being stubborn, and it wasn't just him being power hungry. It was the Lord intervening, uh, is what the Scripture would seem to say, so that his heart was hardened. And then eventually the the Passover, the death angel, and um, uh, he let the people of Egypt or the people of Israel go, lead Egypt. God hardened his heart. He decided to chase them, mm-hmm. and uh, 
took his army into the Red Sea and it was wiped out. So was that fair to um, him? You mm-hmm. know, was that was that uh, something that was kind, loving, merciful, patient by God, or was God doing something um, uh, bigger and more eternal than what we could realize? And Pharaoh was an instrument of what um, what God was was doing. That's a very difficult question, sure, right? And it, and it's not something that um, that showed up. The passage I was referring to, if you want to look it up, was Exodus chapter nine, verse twelve, and you'll see that all through that process. But it says, "And the Lord hardened his heart," mm-hmm. right? And so, is Pharaoh upon? Is Pharaoh being used? Was Pharaoh denied the 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 love of God? Like I. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know all of the interaction between Pharaoh's heart and God's heart. Uh, I don't know in perfection the mm-hmm. plan of God and why it was necessary that the that the Egyptian army be wiped out. And I don't really know what to say about that Egyptian private mm-hmm. who got called up for a pursuit, who left a wife and kids behind. Mm-hmm. What I do know is that God moves amongst nations. What I do know is that God accomplishes eternal purposes, mm-hmm. and I know that I don't understand everything that He knows. Mm-hmm. Right? What's fascinating then, as you get into the, further into the nation of Israel, you see God say, "Go into Jericho, wipe out every living thing—man, woman, child, donkey, everything." Uh, you see. Uh, um, the battle of Ai and Achan's sin, where he kept sacred things back and stole them from God. God's like, I want you to execute Achan and all of his family. Mm-hmm. And his family had no idea what he did. Like, why does God work in those ways? I'm not sure. Were they predestined? I think so. Mm-hmm. And I think God had a plan. I think those people were a part of his plan. And I think when we look at Judas, you would see that as well, because there's prophecy, you know, saying mm-hmm. that that somebody's going to betray him for thirty pieces of silver. You know, so it's it's not like Judas was uh, what Judas did in his actions and, and God's plan was out of the blue. It was preordained, it was preplanned, it was prophesied about. And was Judas raised up for this? I would say yes, he was raised up for this. Well, is that fair? Is that is that the way? And, I'm, and I would look and say, in my sense, in my limited sense of judgment, I have a uh, uh, of justice. I have a really, really hard time getting my head around how a merciful, loving, gracious God does that on purpose. Mm-hmm. In my faith, I trust that God is a merciful, loving, gracious God. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, um, Exodus thirty-four, right, has the most quoted. Um, passage in Scripture itself, where it talks about how God is good and gracious and long-suffering. We did a series about that not too long ago yeah. uh, called God Is, um, and it's excellent because it gets through some of that character of God, and when you can trust that, you realize He must see or understand something far beyond what we can see or understand. Because we also trust things like um, in the New Testament, it says that He's willing, He's wishing that none would perish, but that right. all would come to repentance and have eternal life. Um, do you think that God, um, 
I guess in some ways probably I know the answer. Do you think do you think God sees beyond the earthly life? So, you know, we think we tend to think of life I think even those of us that know there's an eternal destination, we tend to think of life as like, you know, 70 to 100 years or less if it's tragic. But do you think God looks at the like I see your soul is existing for the next 40 billion years, you know, like yeah. and therefore how this plays out on earth, he sees that as a microcosm of who you are, not the crux of who you are. God abs- absolutely views things eternally, and his time frame is different. We know that, mm-hmm. that a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. Yep. So in the end, mockers will say, where is this return of Christ? And and that's what Peter says. And, and we're like, yeah, he's just been gone for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not, in God's timeline, he's not, like, been gone the way that we would think of it. So... That's I think that's part of what we have to have faith in is that God views things, acts in ways, interacts with people on scales and levels that we literally can't comprehend. Like you just said, you know, we don't think about it in a forty billion year time span, billion year time span. And I'm like, and I, I, you're joking around, but I'm like, yeah, neither is God because I I have no idea how to quantify eternity. Right. I have no idea how to quantify that God has always been. Uh, him always being makes a little bit more sense, kinda. <laughs> but he he's always existed. Like so, I don't even I don't even know what that is. And we'll play around with that. You know, it's a uh, you know it's the quantum realm and it's the uh, <laughs> oh what's the um, the multiverse. And sure. all, you know, that's us trying to uh, give qu- quantification to something that is beyond our comprehension. Absolutely. That is equally true with God's love. It's equally true of God's mercy. It's equally true of God's justice. And mm-hmm. it's equally true of God's sovereignty. It's equally true of all of God. Yep. That we when we think of God's love, we're not we're literally not scratching the surface. Yeah. And when we think of God's justice and et cetera, when we think of God's knowledge, <laughs> you know. Um, how could he use Pharaoh? Well, God's all-knowing, so maybe God knew the whole time that Pharaoh would always reject him. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You see, I, I'm speculating here, and, and we can be lost in the speculation, and I don't, I'm just being honest. I don't have an answer. I have a conversation. Sure. I can converse about it, and there's a side of it that's kind of fun to speculate it about, you know, and, and mm-hmm. to kind of imagine things. But in reality, I don't know, and also in reality, there's no earthly comparison. Right. So it's not like the love of a father, the commitment of a spouse. God God gives us these windows and pictures that we can use, but when it comes to uh, our preordination or our free will, it quickly gets outside the realm Mm -hmm. of what we can explain. Now, later on in the New Testament... The Bible says that you were preordained to do good works, right. which you alone do in Christ. And so I'm like, that's what it says. The Bible also says, if you call on the Lord, you shall be saved. All who believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm like, that's what it says. Mm-hmm. So what I like to say, sometimes to satisfy this question imperfectly, is I like to say, I want to find my security in Christ as if I'm predestined, but I want to do my evangelism as if everybody has a free will. Mm-hmm. 
Because God says both. Yep. So he tells us to go in all the world, make disciples. He tells us that whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. He, he tells us that we're saved by grace through faith. It, you know, he, he tells us that, that if we turn from our sins and repent, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. So he tells us all these free will things, mm-hmm. and then he tells us all these predestined things. And I'm like, there's a mystery. Mm-hmm. So when there's a mystery, let's do what we're told mm-hmm. instead of speculate about how to get out of doing what we're told. Sure. And I like how you use that. The, the God gives us these word pictures of relationships, you know, child to parent, even in marriage, um, because he's infinitesimally, I think that's a word. If it's not, write it down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it is now. Uh, he, he's so much greater. He's infinitely more than those pictures. Like I, I picture like when my daughter was, you know, two, three years old, and there were certain things that she liked, you know, and if I put out, you know, a pile of dirt and then her favorite, she loved gummy bears. So like in a, in a handful of gummy bears, here, honey, you choose which one you want. I know which one she's going to pick. Right. Now that's a silly concept because it's, two easy decisions and she's a kid and I'm just a finite person. But if you take that picture and then take it to the infinite level, somehow, like you said, these two things marry. God knows and we have a choice. Yeah, they, <clears throat> they are God. Right. You know, so it's it, it, it like like you just change the subject a little bit. Like the Bible says God is love. That right there we could spend the rest of our lives thinking about it because mm-hmm. it's not that God does love right. or God acts in love. He is. God is light. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just cast light or live in the light. Or he, generate it. Or generate. He is it. I don't understand that any more than I understand predestination <laughs> or free will. When I'm honest about it, I think I can relate to it more because he gives me constructs to receive it. Mm-hmm. So so he's like, marriage is a construct to receive love. Parenting is a construct to receive love. The Great Commission is a construct to receive free will. Mm-hmm. Uh, your security of salvation is a construct to receive predestination. I, th- I cannot make God make sense. He's not a math problem. He's not a science experiment. He's a mystery. And the parts of us, the parts of himself that he wants to be concrete and tangible, so to say, he reveals through his word. Right. So he he wants us to understand that we are predestined, and he wants us to understand that we have a free will. How does that go together? He doesn't necessarily want us to understand that. Mm-hmm. And we can argue it. We can make camps, and we can. But your argument's going to break down, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's it's gonna it's always going to have a, a flaw in it. That's mm-hmm. why I would really encourage people not to live in the argument, live in the instruction, mm-hmm. live in what you know. I like to say we can live in the answers, or we can live in the mysteries. Yep. People who are happy live in the answers. Sure. And then we have faith in the mysteries. And the the person who sent this question in. Uh, they went on down and they said, I, what, what if I'm not predestined? Right, yep. Like, what if I'm Judas and I just don't know it? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then you wouldn't be asking these questions. Yep, agreed. Right, so it, with Judas, you have to understand, this is not uh, the rule of thumb, so to speak. When you look at, with Judas, 
Look at the prophecies. Look at the out long play of where he showed up and what he did. That is, you don't see that 50 times in Scripture. You see that once or twice. Right. What you see 50 times in Scripture is God uh, rescuing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, you see God sending Philip to the Ethiopian eunuchs miraculously so that he could know the good news of who Jesus is. You see, the, you see Peter preaching and 3,000 people coming to know Christ and being filled with the Spirit of the day of Pentecost. What you see in Scripture as the rule of thumb is the redemptive, forgiving nature of God and people deciding to turn to that. That's the rule right. of thumb. There are these outflying plays, but I would look at you and I would say, if you actually desire to love God and you're actually asking these deep questions and you actually really, it's important to you that you look and say, I want to be in the middle of God's will. I feel like I've walked with him. He planted a seed in me. I feel like I journey with him. Uh, you're not the person who needs to worry about whether they've been predestined or not. Right. Because that longing in your heart and that seed of faith is the act of assurance and certainty that God wants to give you. Yeah, and then there's the promises, a couple of which you already mentioned, like anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This listener obviously has done that. Right. Um, you know, Judas, we don't get that impression. We get the impression he hung out because something neat was happening. He was very interested in money, and eventually, like you said, he was predestined to do these things. So there's a very different tension there. Um uh, of of Judas's experience even before uh, maybe he was completely compelled to do the evil that he did versus our listener. And I think that I think this what we need to know about Judas and Pharaoh is the other example. Um, we know about them what God wants us to know about them. Yeah. Everything else is speculation. Yep. And and I'm and. We can say, well, that's not fair. And I'm like, that's the whole Bible. <laughs> like the, the writer says, I, I, the ocean couldn't hold the ink. You know, mm-hmm. if I was, if I was going to write all the miraculous things Jesus did, there's not enough pages on the planet to do that. I'm mm-hmm. like, we do that with everything. It, we live by faith. Yep. And faith is not uninformed. It is not critical in, in its nature. It's not uncritical is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. I, I think critically. Um, I think critically of Scripture, I think real critically about theology, mm-hmm. uh, because theology is a man-made construct, not a scriptural construct necessarily. And, and so I think we can be intelligent thinkers and critical thinkers and filled with faith. Also, There's, there's nothing uh, opposing to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a great question. I'm just giving an honest answer. Yep. There's not one. Yep. And if you're being honest about your fellowship of Jesus, you're going to live in this tension. And if you're being honest, you're going to live in that tension in about a million places. And that that is the faith that we exhibit. We mm-hmm. choose, big word, free will, we choose to believe what we cannot and will never fully understand. Yeah, God, God puts us riding the tension, and it's if that's where he has us, that's where he wants us. It's really good. Well, there's kind of a part B to this question, Jeff. All right. Because um, if God is all-knowing and sovereign then, why would he create us knowing that so many would choose not to follow him and ultimately go to hell? So one of the cynical kind of responses to what you just shared is, well, if he's all-knowing, why would he even do this knowing so many people are just going to say no anyway? 
So what's that about? That sounds like that's about next week's episode of <laughs> Mixed Messages. Well, uh, so stay tuned. Pick up on that. Uh, that's Cliffhanger. What that's what we're going to dive into <laughs> next week is how does that all play out. So uh, if you have any questions that you'd like su- to submit, like these two listeners, uh, you can always check that out at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. If we can help you take unique next steps, if you want to talk to someone even about your relationship with God, we would love to do that. Uh, you can always uh, reach out to us at any time. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to have you join us here in person at Grace or online. Uh, well, thank you so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next week.